Welcome back to After the Buzzer Sports Talk, and I'm your host, Aiden Mayer. So welcome back, um, guys. So yesterday I told you we could potentially be joined by Thomas from Break It Down NBA, um, and we are today. Hello, Thomas. Hello, Aiden. Um, and he makes his channels really good. It's all NBA. He makes about three posts a week, but they're like really good. Again, it's like unique content. I told you guys all about this um, already. So I finally got together and we can do a podcast. So I did like, before I even started my podcast, we I did three episodes on his channel. And then actually right before we did this, we did a, um, one on his channel on our top 15 current NBA players. So after this episode, you should definitely go check that out. Um, again, no one, no callers for today. Um, unfortunately, Billy or Charles have not gone back to us. David Price did lose, though, so if there was a bet on, uh, I told you he was not going to go 3-0. But anyone want to call in, please, Anchor Mobile app, do so. So today we are going to be talking about our five biggest overachieving teams and underachieving teams this season. And then we're going to discuss a little bit about the playoffs and make a few predictions. All right. So, yeah, let's get to that. So now we are going to get to... Our five biggest overachieving NBA teams this season, our five biggest underachieving, and we're going to start with underachieving. So who do you have at number five? Number five, I have the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, a lot of people said that when LeBron left, obviously they weren't going to be the same, but a lot of people thought that they could still be like a, a playoff team, that they could still be the eighth seed, and that they have been anything but a fringe playoff team. Yeah. Right now, they're 19-59. and 59. They've been absolutely horrendous on both ends of the floor. Um, there's basically no one good on their roster except for Kevin Love. And I will say this, Kevin Love has been injured for a majority of the season. Yeah. But he, he's come back and he's been solid. Nothing, nothing too He's crazy. been way more inefficient than I thought. Yeah, I know. He's been crazy inefficient. Mm-hmm. But, like, this team, I just, I, I even thought they were going to be a fringe playoff team. And clearly, we, we were heavily overrating them. Since he came back, he shot... 38% in the field, averaging 17 rebounds, 17 points, 11 rebounds, two assists, has a 19 PER, is uh, efficient, is EFG, yeah. is, is 47. All right. He hasn't been great. Personally, I think it was how, what were your expectations for the Cavs? And mine were better than 19 and 59, yeah. but still middle of the pack, like 11 to 10 at highest, so I thought they'd be better than 1959, but they were not good enough to get on this list for me. For me, it was the Washington Wizards at number five. Um, The Wizards this season have had a record of, they're in 11th place in the East with a record of 32 and 46, and last season they squeaked into the playoffs with the 8th seed at 43 and 39, and to me, sure, they were probably going to get worse than the 8th seed, but even with John Wallow, I saw still thought they could be better than that. And there wasn't really a great option here at number five, so I put them there. Uh, what if I told you that Kevin Love had the same birthday as you? I knew that. So yeah. September 7th, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah just I, I thought the Cavs were going to be like a playoff team. I thought they were going to be good. I thought that Kevin Love could like come back to his old Timberwolves days. No, I um, Well, here's the thing. I hated the extension second and a half. And no, I agree too. But. I hated it because you're a team that clearly needs to rebuild and – Trade Kevin Love. Kevin Love, teams would have been definitely interested in Kevin Love, a contending team. But when you give him that four-year, like, $120 million deal with his injury problems and at his age, no one should be interested. You know who would be, you know who he'd be a great the fit Nets. for? The Nets, I think. True, the Nets. But how about the Bucks? 
I mean, think about it. He could have played for a contender. He's okay. basically an upgraded Brook Lopez. The only problem with that is you got to pay Giannis, Chris Middleton, Eric Woods. You got to pay a lot of these guys. And I don't know true, true, true. I, I get that. But Brook Lopez make. And actually, no, he's not making that much. But yeah, but they, they're going all in. They're trying to surround Giannis with the best team possible. But okay, I think yeah. they should explore Kevin Love trade in the offseason. Mm, possibly. It, I mean, it depends. Can you get rid of some bad contracts which they don't really have any of? And I think they do need to save some money. No, no, not the Bucks. Just the, the cap. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. If they can get a trade for him, if they could get, like, Kevin Love, and even if they had to give up a little bit of future to try to get, like, a bad contract and some f- first-round picks in return, be great. Or oh, a young prospect. Oh, the Kings? That wouldn't be bad. That wouldn't be horrible. Maybe, maybe try to get, like, Willie Cauley sign. Maybe even Marvin Bagley if you could, like, somehow work that out. I don't know. If that I is. mean, I don't know if they'd be willing to give him up. I don't see Kevin Love going to the Kings. You never yeah. know. You never know. All right, we'll so uh, number four, I don't know about you. I think we have the same one here, but yeah. the Minnesota Timberwolves. Mm, uh, they weren't a, 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 a ginormous underachiever, but they definitely underachieved. This season, They um, so far this season, they have been 11th in the West at 34 and 43. And last season, they ha- uh, were able to get in the playoffs at the eighth seed, kind of like the Wizards for me, um, with a record of 47 and 35. And I didn't think they were going to make the playoffs this year. Uh, I didn't really expect them to, actually. I thought maybe, like, a team like the Lakers would fill in their spot. Um, but they still underachieved. Yeah. And not to mention, I mean, it, it, like, when Jimmy Butler was on the team and he was like, you know how he had, like, that injury last year? I think it was yeah. his wrist injury. It was third in the West before he got injured. So they could have been really good. Yeah. And then Jimmy Butler wanted out. But first, let me just, I just want to say this real quick. This has nothing to do with Carl Anthony Towns. Oh, no. He has been absolutely I know he insane. he's not, like, someone who can lead a team with this mentality, I think but be, still. I think he'd be um, one of the best second options in the league behind. The only person I think he'd be a worse second option than is, like, um, Russell Westbrook or, yeah, or um, Steph Curry. Yeah. I mean, that's really it. I think he could be the third best second option in the league. I think he'd be a good fit alongside LeBron. I mean, not going to happen, but... <laughs> yeah, maybe. That's kind of nice to think about. Yeah, I um, so we both agree that the Timberwolves are number four, and I think we both agree with this one too that number three is the New Orleans Pelicans. Mm-hmm, and the thing job. with the Pelicans is the reason they're more of an underachiever than the Timberwolves is because not only I think they did they have higher expectations going into the season, but um. They are 32-46, and 46, so this season they've been worse than the Timberwolves, and last year they were better than the Timberwolves. Yeah. So Not to mention, this team is good. Yeah. Like, they have Anthony Davis, top Julius seven talent in the NBA. Yeah. Um, Drew Holiday, a guy who will give you 21-7 and seven, along with some of the best defense the yep. NBA has to offer. Love. Julius Randle has put up, like, 21-9 and nine on a great, efficient, uh, great efficient numbers. Oh, yeah. He, and he's really developed. He's been good, yeah. Nicole Mirtich while he was there. Uh, Alfred Payton's been pretty good of late. Yeah, six straight triple doubles. <laughs> but again, you know, I don't I don't think, I'm not sitting here and saying the reason they're not where they are is because of Rajon Rondo leaving, but he's a good no. fit as well. But Alfred yeah. Payton's filled in that role. Well, Rondo's well. just basically an upgraded Alfred Payton. Yeah. Like, a super upgraded Alfred Payton. Uh, at least, at least for the moment. Yeah. yeah. Alright, so... Here's where things we start to disagree. So I will tell you on the overachieving list and the underachieving, we have different number fives, and then we switched our one and two. So my second um, under second biggest underachiever is the Boston Celtics. For you, it is. Mine is the Lakers. 
And I say it's the Lakers because the Lakers didn't have as much expectations as the Celtics. They were getting some, like, crazy predictions, but no one, like, there wasn't people actually out there that were like, oh, they're going to make the NBA Finals. Like, people thought... People thought it would be either them and the Warriors or them and the Rockets. They're not even in the playoffs. The Boston Celtics, sure, okay, you can sit here and... Have they underachieved? Yes. And this is no bias, but here's the thing. Where are the Lakers right now? They are... At the bottom of the playoffs. At, They're the out of the playoffs. Yes. Where are the Celtics right now? The four seed. Yeah. Again, East versus West. But at the end of the day, the Lakers have underachieved much more than the Celtics. And sure, the Celtics had bigger, a little bit better expectations. But they have not failed as even close, I think, as the Lakers. Sure, but the Lakers also had um, injuries and stuff. Brennan Ingram Yeah, but they still underachieved. Alonzo Ball, he went down to that huge injury. And he, if he was on there, top four seed. Top four seed. Yeah, know. yeah. I mean, but they still underachieved. I understand, but it, the Boston Celtics don't have an excuse. the The Lakers do do have. Okay, excuses. yeah, fair point. The management was terrible. The coaching, the coaching of Luke Walton has been nothing short of horrendous. Uh, like I said, they've dealt with the injury all season, especially the significant one to LeBron. And if you just look at this summer, they failed to surround LeBron with that kind of talent. Obviously, that's their fault, and that's why they're not winning. But it is something to put into perspective. And, I, I mean, like, decisions like trading D'Angelo Russell really hurt this team now. So, I don't know. So, I just think that they are the sec- they're the second most underachieving team because, like, they have a reason that they fail. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, but I just think the Celtics, for the fact that they're the four seed right I agree, now, Yeah, the, the Lakers, And the Lakers are out of the playoffs. The Lakers failed more at an organizational level, but... In terms of expectations, the Celtics had way more and way higher. And I would say way higher. Higher, but not way true, higher. True, but no one was like, oh man, Lakers are going to the finals this year. A lot of people thought, the majority of the people thought the Celtics were going to Okay, the, all right, fair. Good argument. Okay. So again, I just think the Lakers, we kind of just explained this, so we're not really going to go over this, but for me, the number one's the Lakers, and for you, the number two's the Celtics. We just kind of explained that. So now... um. We are going to get to our overachievers. Uh, who do you have at number five? Okay, at number five for my overachievers, I put the Indiana Pacers. Obviously, they aren't doing as good now, but they're still a top five team. They've still hung around, even though they've lost Victor Oladipo. Yeah. I think they're also, um, if you just look at this team without Victor Oladipo, they're also a huge overachiever. Because a lot of people thought they would dip out of the playoffs. They're hanging right in there, and they're battling with some of the East top teams. Uh, the best four are the Bucks, Raptors, 76ers, and Celtics. Oh, yeah. But after that, the best team in the Eastern Conference is the Indiana Pacers, which is crazy to think about. Even before all the people went down. Maybe it's the Nets, I think. No, it, I mean, if you look well, at record-wise. Yeah, record-wise, but who's the bigger threat? I don't know. True, the bigger threat right now is the pace, is the um Nets. The Nets. But if the Pacers still had Oladipo, they could have potentially been better than the Celtics, and maybe even the 76ers. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. Like they, that, there's certainly that chance, and not to mention the Pacers. Like the Detroit Pistons have more talent than the Pacers. The Wizards had more talent than the Pacers. Obviously, John Wall went down with injury, yeah. but that's that's kind of the same thing with this team. At least the Wizards still have Bradley Beal and guys like Bobby Portis and Jabari Parker and Thomas Bryant, 
Yeah, just, I, that was I a pretty like good that, player. So. Indiana just has like a bunch of role players, and they're they're really succeeding um, among the East. That's top fair. Dogs. They were probably six or seven for me, but for me, I had to put the Sacramento Kings. The Sacramento Kings may not be in the playoffs, but that is in the West. This was a Sacramento Kings team that I believe. All right, so their record last season was twelfth in the West at twenty-seven and fifty-five. I thought they could have got Zion, like like legitimately. I thought they could have been the worst team in the NBA. And got yes, Zion. I mean their expectations were no higher than 30 wins after the 27-win season last season. And Buddy Heald broke out and De'Aaron Fox. Both of them are having a most improved player candidate-type seasons. And now they are – I think they just deserve recognition. Sure, they're not in the playoffs, but they're ninth sitting at 38 and 39 and are probably going to finish probably right at 500, right around there. So for them to probably end up having a 40-win season or right close to that, for me, they deserve that fifth spot. You put up a good argument for the Pacers, and it was real close for me, but I had to put the Kings on there. Yeah, I just think um, the Pacers made the playoffs. It's kind of yeah, like what that, you said about yeah, the Celtics. That's why like that. you, Just, you you did convince me that they possibly could, but I'm sticking yeah. with the Kings there. Okay, uh, number four, I believe we have the same one, right? Yep. Yep, who do we have? Uh, Los Angeles Clippers. Yep. People have called the Clippers the biggest overachiever this season, which just doesn't make sense to me. There are three bigger ones. I'll, I won't name them in Name them in order, but it's the Nuggets, Nets, and Bucks. Yeah. Uh, that's not the order I have them in, but they have overachieved more. The Clippers have still been big overachievers. I mean, they had potential for the playoffs. They were sitting at the 10 seed at 42 and 40, so they they were solid. But this season, they're the 6 seed at 47, 31. Big improvements. But for the fact that they started the season first in the Western Conference, and after tra- trading Tobias Harris, they still stuck in the playoffs and played good basketball. Now, I'm not sure how they're going to do um, come playoff time, but this team has played really well. Yeah, and not not to mention the fact that, Nick, similar to the Pacers, this is a very team like a Yes, role players. Uh, yeah, bunch of role players. I'm not no disrespect to guys like Lou Williams and Harrell. And so they have good players. Didn't Lou Gallinari super underrated? Yeah, he's been an underrated player. Montres Harrell's been yeah. great. Lou Williams. Yeah, Zubac. Zubac. Alexander. Yeah, oh, he's been under a really good defender. Landry Shamit. Uh, so all Landry these guys. Shamit. Good. Good rookie, underrated rookie. The, the Tobias Harris trade to me was, you know, it was questionable. If they get Kawhi, it's not. Oh, yeah, if they get Kawhi, it's not. But the risk there is, the worst case scenario for them is that, at best, Landry Shamit's like a seventh man. Doesn't really improve as much as people think. And right, that right. heat pick that they get doesn't end up being that valuable, and they don't get Kawhi. That's worst case scenario. I think Landry Shamit's the next JJ Redick. I really do. And I think oh, yeah, good, really good shooter, not a great defender. Yeah, and just someone that could – I definitely think he could also improve his games, like somewhere where he – to the point where he could be like – he's also a guy who could get his own buckets too. I'd really like to see that from him. But he's someone um, in this league that everyone needs, a three-point shooter. So, but yeah, the Clippers have definitely overachieved just in terms of they're not higher than other teams. Like- it's not that some of these teams, like, yeah, overachieved, that's what we said, but more like a overachieved expectations. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I definitely think you could flip-flop the Clippers and the Nets and put the Clippers as a bigger overachieved than the Nets just because the Nets had D'Angelo Russell. And and the Clippers are in the West, but D'Angelo yeah. Russell over-exceeded expectations. Although, I... Not gonna lie, I always uh, you guys know if you're if you've been listening for a while that if I'm right about something I'll say it, and if I'm wrong about something I'll say it. And I'll say this: I've said it time and time again about the Lakers. I've said it throughout the season. I thought they were gonna make the playoffs. I was wrong, but with D'Angelo Russell, I was right. I never gave up on this kid. Him and like Brandon Ingram, I always thought they just got too much hate as a bust, and I always put up solid numbers, and we're gonna break out. 
Yeah. See, that's how. That's kind of how I felt about it. Uh, I didn't think D'Lo was going to have this type of season, an all-star season, but I thought he'd be pretty good. Yeah, and I think that'll be the first of many all-star seasons, which leads us to number three, the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. Um, you could easily put them number two here, I think, or number four, mm, but yeah. not number one. A lot of people have the Nets at the bottom of the Eastern Conference, um, just a really, really bad yeah, really bad team. But D'Angelo Russell is leading them to a new era of Brooklyn basketball. Him and Spencer Dinwiddie. Spencer Dinwiddie coming off the bench. I definitely think in the future... And then Karis they, LeVert, Jared Yeah, Karis LeVert when he was first. Rodney Ons, Karooks. Oh, I'm kidding. Um, They're yeah, just Rodian's, a good three-point shooting team Yeah, that just all play their role. And just, Rodian Skrooks has been a big surprise for them. He's yes. been a great role player. Good uh, score. I definitely think they should, if, if they like improve, I definitely think that they should look for a guy like... Uh, like someone that's people have said, starting lineup yeah, instead of uh, pe- Spencer Dinwiddie. People have <laughs> told me Jimmy Butler, but I just don't like that. I feel like he could just. I listen. If I'm a GM, I, I'm kind of especially with this stacked free agency class. I don't want Jimmy Butler. And if I'm the Nets, they're just kind of a young team that all play well, and you can see their bench reactions. You can tell their chemistry is top five in the league. I don't want Jimmy Butler coming in and ruining that. True. Um. Excuse me. This team also plays very hard each night. Yes. And I feel like Jimmy Butler will like that. Like you see, like you see. All oh, right. Yeah, yeah. So they play hard every single night. And Jimmy cons. Butler, love the guy. He didn't like Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins and Timberwolves because they they all thought they were soft. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. The Brooklyn I, Nets I work super hard every night. They grind as hard as they can, and it's shown. Hard work pays off. Hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. It's just my quoting Kevin Durant. I'm not gonna lie, but. Yeah, I mean, the Nets last season, they're 28-54, and kind of like the Kings. No one expected them to really, maybe some people thought they could crack 33 wins, but that was about it, and really the highest they're probably going to get was like the 11th seed. They, no, they've been the 7th seed. I remember it was like the second quarter of the season, they really started to come out and play well. They're 39-39, given they are in the East, but they're the 7th seed. They've exceeded expectations. I think they could easily be maybe 4 on this list, but if I were to change their spot, they'd probably be maybe number 2 for me. Awesome. They've overachieved. Yep, and uh, this is where we disagree a little bit. Uh, who's your number two? My number two is the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, you know, it's tough not to put them number one, but for me, I thought they were going to be a top five team. That's why. Again, they're kind of like the Cavs. What were your expectations for this team? I think most people thought they'd be better than the seven seed, which they were last season. I thought they were going to be a top five seed, um, but not number one. They were they're the number one seed not only in the East. But overall, they've been the best team this whole season, better than the Warriors. And it's hard to not put them number one, but my number one's the Denver Nuggets, and we'll get to why. Um, my number two is is the Denver Nuggets. And the only reason I say that is because I expect the Denver Nuggets to be like a top. I had. Their Again, it's an expectation. expectation. Yeah, for the Denver Nuggets. Uh, I thought they were going to be really good. I thought the Cole Jokic was going to lead this team um, and really, really help them become a top team. Uh, I didn't think the same of the Bucks, which is why I have the Bucks at number one. But yeah, Denver Nuggets have really surpassed. I was wrong about them. I thought they are way better than what I could have thought, uh-huh. and I had high expectations for them, and they succeeded my high expectations. So they're your number one? No, they're my number two. Oh, oh, the Bucks, yeah, yeah. They're even they exceeded my expectations even more because I didn't have a ton of faith in them. But I'll get I'll get to more in depth as to why. But yeah, Denver Nuggets. 
Um, they've been so good all season. They play a really team style of basketball. They have great scores all on the floor. The defense can be a little questionable, but no one questions their offense. Oh no! And they have been giving the Warriors a run for their money as the top, as the uh, number one seed in the Western Conference. Yeah, the reason the Nuggets are number one for me, the Bucks may have been better, but again, I it's an expectation thing. I expected the Bucks to be. Um, a top five team, and I expected the Nuggets at best to be like the seventh seed. Uh, and I think that's with the case with most people. Last season, the Nuggets missed out on the playoffs with a um, total record where they were in the ninth seed and just missed out by a game with the record of 46 and 36. This season, they've been 51 25. So the record doesn't sound that much, but from the ninth seed to the two seed in the Wild West, and this is a young team. Uh, they've definitely overexceeded expectations, and the Bucks have a great argument for number one. I was close to putting them number one, but I had to give it to the Nuggets. Yeah, uh, number one for me is the um, Milwaukee Bucks, just because my expectations were that they were would stay in mediocrity. I didn't know how well Giannis would be able to lead a team. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I thought that Giannis wasn't going to be one of those guys that could be the best player on a championship team. I thought that the Bucks weren't going to be as good as everyone thought. They were just going to be a mediocre average playoff team for a while and I even called Giannis overrated last season which and they took a humongous jump they're the best team in the NBA Giannis is an absolute superstar one of the best players in the NBA he'll definitely be the best player in the NBA in a few years I have no doubts about that he's transformed this Milwaukee Bucks team him and Mike Budenholzer they really led this team to a new um to some great Milwaukee basketball. He's improved t- um, teammates' play, such as Chris Middleton, Malcolm Brogdon, Eric Bledsoe. They're all having great seasons. Um, they find all the right role players, like Nikola Miritich and Tony Snell and George Hill and Lopez and Paul Gasol and DJ Wilson. They didn't give up on him, Sterling Brown. This team yep. is so deep and so well run. I-, I don't know how I didn't see it at this point. I feel like an idiot for not noticing the Milwaukee Bucks. Plus, Giannis is my MVP pick. This team has been absolutely insane, and I think that they're the most overachieving team in the NBA. Yep. But well, it's just, close. It's very close. That's just yeah. That's just according to my perspective. In my opinion, Milwaukee and Denver is like neck and neck. Oh yeah. Like they're super close. Same. All right. So now we are going to get to a few playoff predictions with our remaining, um, our remaining time. Um. So yeah, let's get to uh, those playoff predictions starting now. So now. Um, we are each going to make three bold playoff predictions, whether you think these are bold or not, because whether you agree or disagree, call in on the Anchor mobile app, your three bold predictions for the playoffs. So we'll start with uh, yours, Thomas, and to the guest. Uh, what's your first bold playoff All prediction? right, my first bold playoff prediction is that the Nuggets will get upset in the first round. Now, this could be the only team that I think won't – the only team that I think, like – I don't put this in the words. That won't beat the Nuggets is the Clippers if they fall to the if they play yeah. the Nuggets. But I think the Spurs, Thunder, and even the Jazz if they slip down there can all beat the Nuggets yeah. in the seventh game series. When it comes to playoff time, experience does matter, and the Denver Nuggets do not have that much experience. Mm-hmm. Their only proven Young playoff team. player is Paul Millsap. And I think he will be great in the playoffs. I think he'll really step up his game and become an important player for the Denver Nuggets and be the second-best player in their playoff run, or maybe even their best player. That might even be a bold prediction in itself. But at the end of the day, experience does matter. The teams are going to be game-planning. It, it, it's not 
really a surprise why everyone wants a piece of the Denver Nuggets in the playoffs. Yeah. I read a report that's saying no one's really scared of the Nuggets, and it's hard to see why. They have a lousy defense, and they can't play their best player in the remaining minutes of game time because he's such a bad defender, and that's going to really be important. This team is not good defensively, and teams are going to expose that, this, especially a team like the Spurs or the Thunder. The Thunder just have too much talent. They're a great team defensively, and offensively, they're a perfectly capable team, not to yeah. mention... And not to mention, the Spurs will absolutely kill them. Pop, uh, Popovich is a wizard when it comes to basketball. He's going to game plan hard to make sure that his team can just exploit all of their weaknesses. And the Jazz have two superstars, or really really good star players, yeah, in Donovan Rudy Gobert Mitchell. and Donovan Mitchell. And I think that at the end of the day, those guys can really... Rudy Gobert will eat... Nikola Jokic alive on defense, and I think he'll be able to shut him oh, down. Oh, yeah, that, that's a big one. Like, the Jazz, that's, like, the X factor, the fact that Gobert has been able to shut down Nikola yeah, Jokic. Yeah, I think he can do that, not to mention he can lock him down on the defensive mm-hmm. side, too. And since Rudy Gobert is more of a traditional big, Nikola Jokic is, well, something Point guard in a center's body. Exactly. So, I just, I'm just not a huge believer in this Denver Nuggets team this year come playoff time. Yeah. All right, so kind of going off with... Uh, you said will be my second bold take. Um, but my first one is the Celtics versus Raptors will meet. Celtics and Raptors will meet in the Eastern Conference Finals. And you're probably saying I'm a little biased. But from the beginning of the year, even when the Bucks were really starting to get hot, I said they would lose in the second round. And I'm not a strong believer they could easily make the NBA Finals. I wouldn't be shocked. But to me, the thing is the Raptors... I'm probably going to face the Nets or the Pistons. I think the Nets could give them a series, but let's be honest, the Raptors will probably win that series. And they've been known to be a choker in the past, but that was with Dwayne Casey and DeMar DeRozan. Now they have Kawhi and, and Nick Nurse. Nick he's Nurse, great coach yes. And you think he's probably been the third or fourth best coach this season. Yeah. Um, and for me, then the Raptors will probably end up meeting the Sixers in the second round, which they should win. And here's why. Um, not only have they had the better record by six ga- uh, wins this season, but it's the fact that the 76ers just, they're not, when it comes up to the big moment against those big teams, they're not very good. I think um, Brett Brown is not a good coach. I feel like their team just, they're not a very deep team, and that might hurt them come playoff time, and I just don't see them as a huge playoff threat. Yeah, which is weird because their team's so good. Yeah. Like, they but, have so much time. So that should be the road for the um Raptors and the Celtics are one. I think they'll get the four seed and beat the Pacers, but they're a little tougher because then they're going to face the Bucks. But when it comes down to the end of the day, the Bucks kind of like the Nuggets. Still, sure they have a little bit of playoff experience, but the N- Bucks back to back years against the Raptors and the Celtics got beat in the playoffs. And last year they were solid, but the you know we'll see this year. And I wouldn't be shocked if they beat the Celtics, but I'm going to stick to my word from the beginning of the year that they lose in the second round. And this is a bold prediction, so uh, Raptors versus Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals. Kind of, kind of going off what you said, I'm going to say that the Bucks will make the NBA Finals, and Bucks? and the reason I think that is because I trust Giannis Antetokounmpo, Mike Budenholzer, mm-hmm. and the supporting cast. Not to mention. They have playoff experience. They've made the past two playoffs. Yes. Uh, they had most of their core made it with them. They had Malcolm Brogdon. Um, they had Middleton, Chris Middleton Antico, and they had Eric Bledsoe for one of their runs. Yep. They had all of their main guys. Um, they have, no, they didn't have Brook Lopez for last year. What am I saying? But yeah, that that team has a ton of playoff experience. Budenholzer had a great Hawks team that 
I think they did they go to the Eastern Conference Finals? Um, when they had like sixty-two wins. Oh no, no, no! I think they were a first, second round exit. Actually, they got okay, but, upset. But still, they've they've definitely um overachieved. Those Hawks teams have overachieved in the past playoffs. Uh, they even beat the Celtics a few years back. Yep, that I remember, I remember still, that. That's when they were like the Celtics were practically babies. But I remember that. <laughs> that was... Um. But yeah, Budenholzer has playoff experience, and I believe Giannis will be hardened with all the playoff losses he's experienced. Yep. He's gone through so much, and he's gone through playoff failure after failure, and I believe this year he'll finally take over, and I believe Eric Bledsoe will be the real X factor. I think after last year's playoff where he got eaten alive by Terry Rogier, I think this year he'll really come back, and he will be the Drew Holiday of this year's playoffs. I don't know if you remember, but last year, Drew Holiday... Yeah, I said it, I'm pretty sure, in um, your in your podcast, they talked about how you said Damian Lillard just choked in the um, playoffs, and I said, yeah, that was due to Drew Holiday. I think I think um, Eric Bledsoe will have a similar effect on whoever he versus. Bold prediction, maybe, but I think Eric Bledsoe will be the second most valuable player for this Bucks team come playoff time. Okay, so kind of going off your first take, not really, but sort of, the Denver Nuggets and the Portland Trailblazers both get knocked out early, either the first or second round. I'm not sure both of them will be first-round exits, but I think it's pretty likely. Uh, There's some likeliness to that. They're both just kind of inferior teams in a way, more the Trailblazers. The Trailblazers are a team that just time and time again chokes in the playoffs, and they are a team that always kind of goes under the radar and overachieves come – uh, in the regular season, then they go to the playoffs and like get swept. In this season, they're going. Pro- I think they're out with CJ McCollum and Yusuf Nurkic. And can Dame really take down what's probably going to be um, them versus the Houston Rockets? So I think they probably will be first round exits again. But the Nuggets as well. The Nuggets, I think, have a little bit of better chance to go to the second round of the playoffs than the Trailblazers. Not only because they're better, but the Trailblazers have just keep proving that they can't win the playoffs. And this team's better than their team this year was better than last season's. But now with Nurkic and McCollum, it's even worse. And they're probably going to have a tougher opponent. Um, and for me, the Nuggets, it's just, again, they're a young and experienced team. Um, they, they could be pretty easy. Since they're inexperienced, some teams, like you said, the Thunder and the Spurs could definitely exploit them, or even the Jazz. Maybe not the Clippers, though. Yeah. Um, I believe I am a big believer. I don't know. He, he, here's my prediction. Damian Lillard will go off in the playoffs, but I don't know if it'll be enough for the Blazers to make much noise. And the only reason I say that is I believe that Damian Lillard is, a very, is in a very similar position to um, when James Harden earlier in the season. His second-best player went down. His third-best player, his center, went down. Same yep. thing with Damian Lillard. CJ McCollum, his second-best scorer, went down. Yusuf Nurkic is out, is done. Uh, eventually, he'll get uh, CJ back. Yeah. But I, I just I don't know if it'll be enough. I think Damian Lillard has potential to average 35-plus points per game in the first round of the playoffs. And if they're versing a team... Like, the right Rockets. now, they are they have potential. Well, right now, according to the standings, they can reverse the Clippers. I think they'll beat the Clippers. The The Trailblazers are a three seed. The Clippers oh, are yeah. a six seed. I think the Trailblazers can beat the Clippers. And, I mean, if everything's clicking, and if they verse either the Spurs or the Thunder or the Nuggets, and they have potential to get CJ back, then I definitely think that this team can make some noise, but other than, I don't think they will. And I think at the end of the day, James Harden is very similar to Damian Lillard when it comes to this kind of stuff. And Damian Lillard will go off, but the Blazers won't do much come playoff time. 
Okay, yeah. So my third bold, bold take uh, is a player prediction that D'Lo proves himself to be one of the best guards in the league, but kind of like you said with Damian Lillard, it won't be enough to get them past the first round. All right, now D'Angelo Russell's putting up stats of 30 minutes, 21 points, 43% from the field, 36% from three, around four rebounds, seven assists, and about a steal. I think his minutes, only 30 minutes a game, and sure, the Nets work hard every single day, like you said, Thomas, um, but... 30 minutes a night, those are those minutes are going to go up. I think he's going to become slightly more efficient, and he's going to be scoring a lot more. He's going to be getting around seven assists still, but he's really going to play even better than he does in the regular season. D'Lo is made for these types of moments. Again, like ice in his veins. Like yeah. this guy, he's just like he's just meant for the playoffs, and he really hasn't had the chance yet, and I think he's going to thrive in it and so really talented. prove people. Um, wrong right here, if anyone doubts him, but I think he's just meant for this moment. So, uh, yeah, guys, that's all we had for today. Again, no calling, but, I mean, you got Tom's special guest. Hope you enjoyed um, this episode. Hopefully you can do more um, stuff with him. So, yeah, go check out his channel, Break It Down NBA. He makes about three episodes a week. They're very good NBA content. Again, I already told you about it. It's more, like, less day-to-day news, but more just, like, lists. It's really cool. You guys should go listen to that, definitely. So, uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed. This was a uh, fun episode. So, uh, yeah, I'll see you next time. Thank you.